So thank you, Dr. Bob Marsh, for this nice talk you gave. So I'll try to say something to Also, our Krishna consciousness movement is to help us learn how to lament and hanker. <laughs> because in the material world we don't know how to lament and hanker, although we're trying hard to do those two things. We have to learn the art. We have to learn of hankering for Krishna and lamenting the fact that we don't have him. <laughs> That's the actual art. And this is the teachings of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that if with this, in this constant state of hankering and lamentation over Krishna, then we'll remember Krishna. And if we remember Krishna, then our lives are successful. They may be relatively successful or unsuccessful from a material point of view, but that doesn't really matter because the Hare Krishna movement is simply adding those two things, hankering for Krishna and lamenting for Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life, for instance, was not something that most people would think is extraordinary. At least the fact that he grew up in a Brahmin family, they were relatively seemingly poor. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a teacher, he got married, his father died, he went to Gaya, he became a little disturbed, came back, started the Hare Krishna movement, eventually left his wife and went on pilgrimage, went all over India, came back and spent the rest of his life at the Gambira, more or less, doing something. So this is not so extraordinary, because when people hear about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's ecstasies, his limbs going into his body like a pumpkin, a golden pumpkin, or his running towards Govardhan Hill, what he thought was Govardhan Hill, the Chattaka Parvata, and perspiration and blood oozing from his body simultaneously, and the poison of his body erupting like Kandamba flowers, People think, well, this is quite extraordinary. But, after all, he was quite an unusual person anyhow, in some respects. But other than that, he wasn't a very rich person. He didn't get any degrees at any university. His name was not publicized on the internet. <laughs> Therefore, in many respects, it was quite a typical life to someone living in Bengal at that time, or Orissa. But was, what was extraordinary was his extraordinary concentration upon Krishna. Everything was in relation to Krishna. And he's teaching us how we can also make our lives in relation to Krishna. Prabhupada said, if you have so many zeros, you add them up, it winds up to be zero. But if you add a one before all those numbers, then it adds up to a very big number. Similarly, we're simply offering Krishna. One person was saying to Prabhupada, 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 I have so much problems with my mind. So Prabhupada was saying, 
that all I can give you is Krishna. So for most people, they think, oh, that's all you can give me is Krishna. I'm looking for something much more than Krishna. But that's what the Hare Krishna movement is offering, simply an opportunity to become conscious of Krishna. And then the material lamentation, material hankering, will gradually dissipate as our, we start lamenting over the fact that we're in this present material condition and we start hankering for Krishna, that I should become more conscious of Krishna. In the, eight, in the 14th chapter, Krishna says, Nainam gunevyas kartaram drashtevan pashati gunevyas chaparam veti madhavam sodhikachati. When you can actually see that there is nothing beyond the three modes of material nature. And that the Supreme Lord is transcendental to all these modes, then you can know my spiritual nature. In other words, material life is simply a repetition the same thing over and over again. Of course, in Kali Yuga, where the main activity is lamentation, therefore people are considered advanced, those who are hankering. Those who are hankering usually the vaishas, hankering to get more and more things, material wealth. And the Shudra is lamenting the fact that they don't have the same wealth that the vaishas have. And a few Brahmins, a few people have some Brahmins, they're thinking these people are fools, hankering them and anything, they should be like us, simply proud of the fact how wonderful we are. <laughs> that we have the right to criticize and demean everyone because we're not on the same level of simply hankering them anything. We renounce everything and we're simply situated in our wonderful position of our glories. So these three modes of material nature are there in the material world and from the highest planet down to the lowest. But there's nothing about Krishna. Or there's may not be Krishna is not very clear. Actually Krishna is everywhere, always, at all times. And therefore, for instance, in the mode of goodness it becomes clear that there is a God and He's controlling things. And the mode of passion, we're trying to become God. And the mode of ignorance, we think that I am God. There's nothing greater than me. And the mode of passion, we're trying to compete against people we think are greater. And the mode of goodness, we have some idea that they're actually people greater and we should follow them. The transcendentalists simply were introduced Prabhupada, Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They're introducing Krishna consciousness by this simple process of chanting Hare Krishna. So to infuse that chanting with lamentation and hankering is our perfection. Cause not material hankering and not material lamentation. Material hankering is, my dear Krishna, I'm chanting your name and I need so many things. Although you may not supply it immediately, I have some faith. I'm just waiting. <laughs> and lamentation is, I'm suffering and I need so many things and you're not supplying it quick enough. You're not noticing how I'm suffering, therefore you're not, and making me happy, therefore you're not really merciful.
when we come to the position of realizing that actually we should love Krishna in all circumstances and that whatever difficulty we're facing is actually quite favorable for developing love for God. Like Queen Kundi, as we know, she was praying, Vishan Mahagne Purushara Darshna, that our family was simply faced with so many difficulties since our birth, practically speaking. Although they had all favor they were emperors of the world, at least their father was, and they were born in a royal family, but there was simply one problem after the other for them. They came to accompany Krishna in this world, and you think, well, God was a personal friend, therefore their life should be quite happy and peaceful and prosperous because they have God in their side. In many religious groups, they claim they have God in their side, therefore they're going to win. And when they don't win, they think, well, what happened? God wasn't on our side. <laughs> but actually, that's probably what happened. God was on their side, that's what they lost. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have gotten into more trouble than they already were in. So she prayed, Vishan Mahagni Purushara Darshna. We face difficulties after another. And the result of the difficulties was that we were actually remembering you. Vishan Mahagni Vipadakshantu Takshasvat Tatra Tatra Jagatguru. Therefore, in these unfavorable circumstances, we had no choice but to rely upon you. And by relying upon you, we started to remember you. And by remembering you, we became ecstatic. And therefore, we entered into another platform of consciousness, which was actually really auspicious. Now, people think what is auspicious in the material world, an illusion, is generally very, very inauspicious. So she says, uh, People are hankering for high education, some material influence, some material wealth, some beauty, something. So many things we're hankering for in this material world, and we think when we get them, our life will become more favorable and auspicious. But she, was, she says that those who are hankering for such things, they're in a very unfortunate position. Why? Because we're all intoxicated by material existence already. And when one, takes, when one is intoxicated and he takes more intoxication, then one becomes completely crazy. <laughs> Having a fever, it is good to reduce the fever. Not that I have a fever and my neighbor has a, big, a larger fever and I become envious. Why is his fever so strong and mine is so, so weak? I should also have a strong fever like he has. Why are these people so wealthy, so influential, so opulent and I'm so poor? I should become wealthy, influential and opulent and they are and become even more absorbed in the material conception of life. So this is like having a fever and praying, hankering, how can I increase my fever? And there are so many books 
there are so many instructors, there are so many different advertisements, how to increase your fever, so you go from a fever to completely destroying your existence. On the other hand, our movement is meant to decrease the material fever by increasing the spiritual fever. The more one becomes interested in Krishna, and fever will gradually diminish. And therefore, when the material fever diminishes, in whatever circumstances one finds oneself, one will be satisfied. It's not that one that we have to make radical adjustments to our lives to prove that we're actually great devotees. Like go to Vrindavan and sit there and chant Hare Krishna and meditate and then after some years of getting bored start our own Leela in Vrindavan. <laughs> No, one can stay in any position, but if one tries to understand or our goal is somehow or another to remember Krishna and not to forget Him and to take advantage of the opportunities that we have to do that, whether it's hearing about Krishna or chanting about Krishna, uh, that will lead to the remembrance of Krishna or serving Krishna, especially in the temple, serving the deities, serving the devotees, and when one becomes more expert, preaching to people, telling others about Krishna in appropriate ways. So the more we become enthusiastic to do that, then the more we'll be able to concentrate our own minds and actually feel some love for Krishna. Then as these material conceptions pass through our minds, that, you know, I'm in such and such position, I want to be in such and such position, they're in this position, I want to be in their position, they're trying to get my position, what can I do to prevent them? There's so many different material things going through our mind. We won't take them, we'll think, well, I was crazy, but I'm not that crazy now. <laughs> so therefore, Puriyamana, Machala, Pratishtam, Samudram apa pravishanti advat tadva kamayam pravishanti sarve seshanti matnoti nakama kami. Person is not disturbed by the incessant flows of desires. So we shouldn't think, now I become a Hare Krishna devotee, my mind should be completely peaceful, all my attachments should have gone away years ago because I'm actually a nice person. These things couldn't possibly appear in the mind of such a great devotee as myself. <laughs> and therefore we're surprised. I thought I made some advancement. I thought I chanted Hare Krishna nicely. I thought I was in ecstasy. I thought I rendered such ser nice service. Why is Krishna sending me these thoughts still? Because we're not... Actually it doesn't really matter what appears within our mind, what ultimately matters is how we react to them. We shouldn't think, oh, I'm such a nice person, such a great devotee, did so much service, my mind should always think of Krishna automatically, and if something goes wrong, why am I so disturbed by it? No, these things will come 
I know though, as Krishna says, like seasonal changes, changes, but we have to learn how to develop some attachment for Krishna so that these things don't bother us. Without attachment to Krishna, we have nothing else to do but be bothered. Of course, if these things appear within our mind, these thoughts, and we don't really take them seriously, that's good. But something else is going to appear in our mind right after. Mind knows exactly what we, what we want. Therefore, we think, oh, I've become such a great devotee. Just think this thing has appeared in my mind and it went away. See how, how it detached I am. And the mind says, yeah, the Maya says, yeah, you're really so amazing devotee. I'd like to surrender to you too. You really deserve, you know, so many things. And then another thought will come, yeah, you're such a great devotee, but why are these people so envious of you? <laughs> something will come, a little bit more subtle than the gross, and we'll think, yes, I'm in Maya, but at least I'm in subtle Maya. <laughs> <laughs> and then after some time being on the subtle platform of Maya, Maya will say, yes, you're so great, you should also enjoy, you deserve it. And being accustomed to being deluded, illusioned by Maya, then after a while we'll start thinking, yeah, I should enjoy. Because in the absence of Krishna, there's nothing but ultimately material enjoyment. Even one goes up to the heavenly planets and is situated in Brahmaloka and, and material ecstasy or spiritual ecstasy. After some time, if one doesn't try to make progress in thinking about Krishna, then one will eventually fall down to the lowest platform. So our job is not to so much take credit for how wonderful we think we've become or to become lamenting about how I haven't become so advanced as I think I should have. Our job is simply to try to remember Krishna, to focus the mind again on Krishna, and when we get distracted because of our conditioned nature, then put it back on Krishna again. So these books, the program, is simply to help us so that we can constantly withdraw the mind back on Krishna so that as we become more conscious of Krishna, gradually become purified and not become stagnated on a certain level, thinking now I've achieved the goal I've wanted for this life and I don't really need to go any further. Krishna has freed me from distress He's giving me a nice material life, and maybe next life we can go on from there. Or my curiosity has been solved. I know how to manipulate the world and everyone out in it. I become more or less the mystic yogi that I always wanted to be. So let's try out a few mystic powers here and there. And next life we'll come back again and see where we go from there. So, material nature is always ready to distract us, but if we're aware of the great devotees and how they've gone through similar progressions that we're going through and not get distracted, try to reach the actual goal of going back to the spiritual world, going back to Krishna in this lifetime. Now, the spiritual world is far away, we don't, you know, this idea of going 
we're not, we can, not a good idea to hold our breath until the next bike when the airplane comes by. No, we can become Krishna conscious right now just by chanting Hare Krishna. And we'll become more Krishna conscious when we chant Hare Krishna and we actually mean, dear, dear Lord Krishna, dear Shamati Rarani, please engage me in your loving service. So the more we engage in Krishna's loving service, whether it be coming to the temple, chanting Hare Krishna, chanting our beads, wherever we're doing in Krishna consciousness, then we're having this opportunity to remember Krishna. And as we become purified, the taste will increase. And therefore, and the material desires that appear in our consciousness will become less attractive, less distractive, and gradually we'll make progress if we simply keep on trying day after day to engage ourselves in the sadhana bhakti that has been given to us by Srila Prabhupada and our acharyas, and then we'll gradually, gradually we'll make progress. And then remembrance of Krishna will become more often than forgetting Krishna. We'll become less and less distracted, and then we'll, everything will become clearer and clearer. And Prabhupada said, especially in the second level, the devotional service, then Krishna consciousness becomes progressively more encouraging and enlightening. So we want to come to that platform so that devotional service becomes spontaneous rather than one day we're thinking, oh, it's so wonderful Krishna consciousness, and the next day we're thinking, how do I ever get into this movement? <laughs> one day we think, these are great devotees, and the next day we think, are they really devotees? <laughs> so that's called the mental platform. But if we take, if we simply stick to this pro process, use our intelligence, then gradually this, these things will, will disappear, and then one day we'll think, what was all that Maya was in? No, no, it's all right. I don't have to know. <laughs> <laughs> Like Mark and Dayarishi, Pratya, perfected devotee, sitting there in the ashram, Lord Vishnu himself is visiting him. And at the end of the conversation, Mark and Day's ecstasy, he simply had one thought. What is Krishna's Maya really like? <laughs> and therefore Krishna said, All right, you want to know what my Maya is like? And then the end of the creation came immediately. The rains came for a hundred years. He became inundated in the delusion for millions of years, sinking in the flood. Tim and Gala fishes and sharks trying to eat him. This not suffering from the, from the cold and the hunger. And then after a while, he saw Krishna lying on a banyan leaf, sucking his toe. Because Krishna wanted to find out during this break in his past on what the nectar of his lotus feet are like. And then <laughs> Krishna inhales and he finds himself in the ashram again. Thinking, how did I ever think? Why did I ever think about trying to figure out what Krishna's Maya is like? <laughs> and then Krishna breathed him out again. <laughs> He's back in the delusion. He said, This is too much. <laughs> Save me. And then the whole thing went away. Never again did Mark and Hayarishi want to find out his curiosity, what this fire is actually like, was ending. <laughs> so we're only here because of our curiosity. What is Maya like? 
all right, now I have this mind. What about this mind? So we have to become curious. What is Krishna like? So the more we develop that hankering curiosity for Krishna, and the mandate that I have this hankering and curiosity about Maya, the more we'll make progress. That's why the devotees, one thing is the devotees will say that we have knowledge because sometimes we may do the wrong thing and then we lament. And the karmis do the wrong thing and they rejoice. <laughs> and then they lament. So we can connect our hankering for Maya and consequent lamenting as being unfortunately the fact that we're not attached to Krishna. And that will help us make progress. <coughs> And sometimes devotees, even Krishna makes apparently, the devotees apparently make mistakes so that they can actually develop humility. Because only from the point of humility we actually develop dependence upon Krishna. Krishna Maharaj, he seemingly made a mistake by garlanding Stomika Rishi with a dead snake, but actually it served to bring him back to Godhead. His lamentation, is desiring that he could rectify this mistake actually led him to sit there and listen to the Shema Bhagavatam in the lips of Shukadeva Goswami for seven days. So, if one thinks on beyond mistakes, that's the biggest mistake. So we should learn from our mistakes, and take shelter of Krishna, so that eventually the real mistake of not taking shelter of Krishna will be solved. It's all stuff there. Any questions? Yes. May I please ask, you said that we have to learn attachment for Krishna. So I want to ask, how can we learn this attachment for Krishna, given the fact that the mind is always offering such thoughts of how, as, as your opponent said, all those thoughts? Well, this attachment Krishna, Krishna bestows upon his devotee, attachment for him, when the devotee does the right activity. Kuro was saying this in the prayers in the Srimad Bhagavatam to Krishna. After Akura saw Krishna Balaram in the lake Akuraga in the Jamuna and began offering prayers. One of his prayers is that after one comes to the platform of liberation, then it's up, then Krishna by his grace he bestows attachment to the devotee. So we have to act on the liberated platform. We act in devotional service. And when Krishna sees we're sincere then he reveals himself, and that when Krishna reveals himself, then gradually would develop attachment for him, as much as he reveals himself. So our job is just to act on the liberated platform, which means to try to love Krishna, try to dedicate our activities without material attachment to Krishna, try to make friends with the devotees and cooperate with them in the mission of Lord Chaitanya and try to help the innocent become Krishna conscious and try to avoid distraction, especially those who are trying to distract us from Krishna consciousness. So when Krishna sees we're actually interested in these four things, then gradually he bestows, gradually he reveals himself, he, he re, and therefore, as he reveals himself, we become more inspired to take seriously these four different activities. Is that right?
we ourselves, we just have to watch for ourselves. What we think is ourselves is actually. We have to watch Krishna engage this body, mind, and our words in his service. We have to agree to Krishna. To do that, the more we agree with Krishna, then the more Krishna conscious will become. And we see that when our minds are deviating because we actually work with our minds and intelligence, then the body follows. We see our minds are deviating, then we have to apply our intelligence, coming from the Guru Sadhana Shastra and the Super Soul, to again bring us back into the path of Krishna consciousness. Yes. I wouldn't say they're a pure devotee. <laughs> they may not have two horns sticking out in their tail, but that will come later. They don't like the devotees. Who do they like? Who do they relate to? Because we're only aspiring to become devotees. So we can't say if they don't like me, they don't like the devotee. Because we may not be exactly relating to them as a devotee. We may not have the full potency that the liberated souls have that may attract even like uh, Murray Gupta, who's attracting even the snakes in the forest and the tigers. He's slapping their, their cheeks, the tigers, and they were just pur purring. <laughs> so we may not be on that level, so therefore people will not be automatically as attracted to us as we think they might or they should be. So we can't really so much judge sometimes. Oh, you don't like me, you don't like the devotees, you're a demon. <laughs> but we have to become more attractive, that's all. And then more people will become attractive. But right now, if the devotees are not so much apparent, if that devotional, the manifestation of devotion, devotional qualities are now so apparent in this world, then we have to make them apparent so that more people will actually become attracted. Because Prabhupada was such an, had such attractive qualities, therefore people became appreciative. So we have to do that. Otherwise, this world is meant for demons, but not asuras, especially Kali Yuga. We can't expect people are going to be attracted the devotees, because where are the devotees become attracted to? Where is the devotional? They have no training, they have no experience. So we try. And therefore, Prabhupada introduced prasadam, chanting, and when people can't do that, eventually you want to establish varnashram, somehow or another, you know, engage them in something progressive. So Prabhupada would walk down the street and he would say hello and he say hello, how are you? And he said, how are you back? Because at least they're acting favorably. Anything else? Yes. How to deal with the mistakes that you are doing in devotional service? Well, the best thing to do is to correct them. <laughs> take shelter of Krishna, take shelter of Krishna's devotees, and pray and see that what the mistake is and what the right thing to do is and do the right thing. 
try to do the right thing, pray for the strength to Krishna by chanting Hare Krishna and pray to Krishna for the strength, to do the spiritual strength to do the right thing. So, not that it was a mistake, but I'm a great devotee, so I deserve to make mistakes. <laughs> I have a few extra points, so I'm just using them up right now. <laughs> um, try to take it seriously. Anything else? Yes. I, I was just thinking, it's a follow-up of these two questions. So, how can we deal when ourselves we are having a criticizing nature and when others criticize among the devotee community, for example? Well, criticism is, is a type of glorification. <laughs> <laughs> We're pointing out some fault and we're glorifying it. So that means we fall in love with that fault. We like it. It's like the ghastly rasa. You're so dirty. Oh, I hate you. So we're just focusing on the dirt. So we should think, well, that's how much taste and rasa am I actually getting from this ghastly rasa? Maybe I should give up eating dead bodies and try something a little bit more sweeter. So when we see that, it's just my rasa. It's the rasa I'm trying to experience. And look for a better rasa. Ultimately, it all boils down to enviousness. So we can just give up our enviousness, and then we can develop some appreciation. So we'll try out the rasa, but appreciation of higher qualities rather than appreciation of the lower ones. Try to find some higher quality, appreciate that, and see what the taste of that is like. Try out different tastes. Don't tell your mind, you can't be envious anymore, you can't be critical. No, let your mind do that. Let's try to relish the taste. You stupid rascal. See what a loving reciprocation you get, how much taste you get. And then the, the other is, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. I really try to I'm trying to give me some more information how I can become as nice as you are. See what that taste is like in the relationship. Rather than you stupid fool, why don't you become like me? <laughs> See where you get a more loving experience. So try out the different rasas and see which one you like. The materialists, they have no choice because they don't see any examples of higher rasas. Their leaders are simply bigger animals than they are. So they don't have the experience of higher rasa. But we have examples in our books, and we have the examples of the devotees. So we have some opportunity to try out higher rasas, and we can try them out and see which one we like better. All right, I'll stop there. Thank you very much. Prantaraj, Bhagavad Gita, Kijaya, Chilabro, Pai, Kijaya, Poor Feminine Day.